Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. I'm Keegan Preslak. I am Eric Hall. And this is a podcast where two idiots somewhere in New Mexico get together once in forever, right? Correct. At some point. Uh, it's been about once, once a month. I say that every episode. And uh, we talk about pretty much anything horror, but usually just horror movies. The topic this week is our top five underrated films. I always say this week. We, we don't do it weekly. I don't know why I say that. We never that. do. But yeah, our top five underrated horror films. And that's kind of a stupid topic because there really isn't a top five underrated horror. So this topic is more just like five movies that we think are underrated, but we also ranked them because we're stupid like that. Lesser known films that we enjoy. Right, exactly. So hello everyone out there. We're happy to be back for our eighth episode. Right. How are you doing, E-Dog? I'm doing very good. What about yourself? Doing pretty good. We've seen some good stuff lately. Yes. Um, I feel like we're currently spoiled in the world of horror. We've been getting some excellent films. We have like this year, I feel like this, this is like the worst summer. All my friends have heard me say this. I think it's the worst summer in film in the last like 10 years. My top 10 this year is like all horror movies, right? Like the witch, like the conjuring Two, even you're, Room. you're a big fan of lights out. Yes. Big fan of lights out. So, um, we have been pretty spoiled, but I'll take that any year. Absolutely. Uh, I just wish the summer movies were better. Yes. The popcorn films. Yeah. Popcorn that we films also enjoy not been good this year. But with that out of the way, our little introduction, I do want to shout a couple people out before we get to our, our episode here. Uh, shout out to Hellmouth Kid, who we're going to shout him out as much as we can because he talks to us all the time on Instagram, so that's sweet. Yes, very interactive with us. Hello, Hellmouth Kid, as well as Josh Goes to Hell. He's been really interactive with us, so how's it going? Also, thanks, Andrew Sierra, for your podcast equipment, and hello, Wes. And that's our shout outs for this episode. Yes. I think we'll get to our segment w- w- that we call what we've been watching. And this is kind of a exciting uh, what we've been watching segment because it's just two movies we've seen and they're both in theater. Right. What are we going to talk about? Most recently, uh, The Blair Witch. Yes. Uh, the new film from Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett. Yep. Yes. So give me your thoughts on that. So I'll go first on this one. Uh, I think reasons you'll figure out soon. Okay. Um, I haven't talked to anybody about Blair Witch that's seen it. I haven't talked to a single person about it, um, except for the person I saw it with. Hello, Andrew. And I, I loved the movie. I loved Blair Witch. And it was interesting because when I left, there wasn't a moment that I thought about that people wouldn't like it. So I think that's interesting because normally you could be like, oh, this movie wasn't that good, but I liked it. Um, that wasn't the case with Blair Witch. I, I loved it to the point where I was like, huh, everybody's going to love this. And then I right. found out that people don't. We'll Including me. <laughs> right. We'll get to that in a minute. So first I'll start with um, what I like about the movie. And what I like about the movie is that it's directed by Adam Wingard. Of course. Uh, written by Simon Barrett. Those are two of our favorite filmmakers going, right? Absolutely. And Adam Wingard directed... Um, My first of those duos films to see in a theater. Right. So that was exciting for me. Um, I had seen Your Next in the theater, but I did not see The Guest in the theater. Um, anyways, Your Next and The Guest are two of our favorite movies probably Absolutely. of the last 10 years. Uh, as well as uh, A Horrible Way to Die is a really good movie, too. I'm also a big fan of their VHS2 segment about the haunted eye. Yeah. And I feel like everybody hated that, but I was 100% into yeah, it. Yeah, they were they, they were really involved with the VHS films, which I don't include because it's not like their big directed movie, but they were involved with them. Right. And they did direct that short. Exactly. So um, 
they're pretty much just like genre titans right now. You guys all know this out there if you're listening and you're a horror fan. So I was pretty much in the bag for this movie to begin with. So I want to put that out there right away that because I knew it was Adam Wingard, I was kind of ready to like it. Well, let me say that as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I was in the same boat with you. Right. So what I like about the movie and what I like about what they did is they made a direct sequel to Blair Witch, but they took... Right. I, I rewatched it a couple months ago, the original film. And they took pretty much everything from that movie and from like all the documentaries around the movie and the mythology. There's even a book on the Blair Witch. And they put that into this movie and they basically made a Blair Witch sequel. And I don't just mean like in terms of timeline. I mean like here's let's expand on the mythology. Let's expand on the things that were good about the first movie. Let's also do a lot of the same things that are in the first movie. Uh, But I feel like that's what sequels do. I would probably say the biggest thing about the movie other than that that I liked was the look and the sound, I thought it looked incredible for a found footage horror movie. Um, it's shot really, really well. Of course, there's a lot of running and screaming towards the end of the movie, but before that, it's just a really, really uh, well-shot film. Um, the sound, I just thought it was really, really good. Like Towards the end, there's just a lot of thunder and stuff. Uh, by the way, we won't spoil the movie here, uh, but there's a lot of thunder and lightning. I just thought it was so visceral. Uh, I felt like the it was thunder and lightning right in the theater. And I just thought the characters were cool. I, they, I didn't think they were like great, but I liked all the people in it. I thought it was just a really, really solid found footage movie in a world where found footage kind of sucks. I thought this was a good one. And I liked that it expanded on the mythology. I don't want to spoil how it expanded on the mythology, but I just, I, I, I guess I'll just say I really liked the ending. And I kind of felt like I wish there was more in the end, but I also feel like that's how the original Blair Witch was. It was very you know, ramp up, ramp up, ramp up, boom, it's over. And you're kind of like, oh, I wanted more, but I liked that. And that's how I felt about this. So those are all the reasons why I say I thought, I thought it was a good Blair Witch sequel because I felt like it was Blair Witch, but more and better, which if you remember Blair Witch isn't the Blair Witch project, isn't like the greatest movie ever made, but it's a cool found footage movie. I thought that's what this was like the look, the feel. I think that's pretty much it. So what did you think? Well, I really wanted to like it, and I had a big problem with the transitional cuts, how it was supposed to look like um, film distortion, maybe, and I kind of felt like that made the narration uh, incoherent. Um, you talk about how the end of the film has like a bunch of running and such, and there's a bunch of shaky cam, and I completely agree that like that should be okay, because this is a found footage film, but I feel like that needs to be better planned. Sure. And the first one, the first film that comes to mind is, I believe it was the last segment in VHS, the radio silence segment, Mm -hmm. where they're like running through that haunted house. Oh, yeah. That's such a great segment. And That's uh, radio silence, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, there's like random things popping out at them. And it was very um, visual. It was very eye-popping. Whereas this just kind of felt like a distorted mess to me. And I'm sure a found footage film Mm -hmm. is choreographed just as much as a traditionally uh, filmed film and um i don't know i just felt like that needs to be better planned and i felt like this was just too over the place for me to um stay in it yeah yeah i i i certainly understand everything you just said and i that's kind of why i said it's not a perfect movie i felt like towards the end it did get a little um incoherent's a good way to say it but i would say choppy like there would be certain points where they're run, and we're not going to spoil the movie but towards the end of the movie i felt like it got a little um, out of hand. Right. And by that, I mean like it would, they'd be running, 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 screaming, screaming black. And right. then boom, they're somewhere else. And you're just, exactly. Kinda, you're kind of like, well, 
you know, how did they get to this point? And, and you and you could argue that it's because, um, you know, the film states that, you know, this is the footage that was assembled. Sure. You know, so that's the way that somebody pieced together, you know, but it, that's not a, really how it happened. There was an actual editor who put this together and I just felt like it really lacked uh, cohesiveness. Yeah, I absolutely saw that. I felt that towards the end. I, I kind of felt like um, leading up to this, these big moments in the end of the movie, I just, I did feel like they kind of like would start running and then boom, all of a sudden they're at this important thing in the film. Location, say. right. Location, yeah. And you're just kind of like, well, how'd they even end up there? And I think you could say in terms of found footage, like, well, they probably thought that too, the people in the movie, and maybe it was trying to mimic that. Like, how did we end up here? Um, hmm. I, again, it's hard not to spoil the movie, but that kind of works into part of what's happening within that forest. But having said that, in terms of a film, you could have shown it better. So I absolutely sure. agree with that. What I would ask you and, and legitimately ask you is, uh, so that means it wasn't good? That there was, it wasn't cohesive at the end? That means the movie wasn't good? So my question to you is, how does that make it a bad movie? I mean, it may not be perfect, but you didn't like it. So, sure. Well, so, I mean, this is just subjective to me. Right, no. And, so, that, and that's what made me dislike it. Does that make it a bad film? No. Does so, it make it a bad film to me? Yes. So that was the only thing you didn't like about it? Right. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm 100% ready to like it. Yeah. Like, I'm ready to go watch it again in the theater. I, I want to like this movie. I mean, it's it's the Blair Witch. Yeah. I mean, what did you, why don't you talk about before we finish this, why don't you talk about some of the things I said positively? Like, did you agree that it looked good? It sounded good. Um, did you like the people in it or, cause I assumed you just wouldn't like anything about it because you said you didn't like it. Right. No, you know, I don't remember any of the, uh, characters. I never found them like sure. appealing or anything like that. And I guess I had a tough time buying that. This is supposed to be 19 years later and we're going to go find this dude's, uh, sister. Right. I kind of had a problem with that. But, but you could you could at least understand that because it's it, it's a supernatural film, she could still exist somehow. I don't know. You know, I like that they made the black guy the token black guy. Okay, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, just that's an interesting critique. Yes, yeah, sure. Um, maybe that's bad of me, but I enjoyed that they played into uh, that stereotype. Um, I felt like he was the comedic relief. Um, I actually found myself laughing a lot in that film and I feel like others would laugh because of my laughter right you know like uh, I guess it was contagious when um maybe it wasn't particularly funny but just um if you remember how like that black guy he doesn't want those two other dudes or that dude and his girlfriend to come with him oh yeah yeah and just his actions about how he's upset about that I don't know little things like that I thought were were silly yeah there were even um you know, I hate to critique it because I'm the one that likes it, but there were even you bringing that up whenever all the characters were still involved in the film early when they're just camping. I did notice that like it, it did seem disjointed sometimes. Like he like they would go off and find wood, and then like we'd just show up at some other point, and you never really felt like it was all put together. If it, it felt rushed in that sense, um, like it was like next scene, next scene, next scene, next scene, rather than put it together. But uh, it's also found footage. I also sort of give it the benefit of the doubt. And I just liked the, like I said earlier, I just really, really liked the ending. And I thought it was intense. I mean, let me ask you that. Did you think it was scary at all? I mean, nope. I, at all. Nope. And uh, so I scare like really easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'll be in bed. I have to wake up to go to the bathroom and I'll immediately think of like a scary film. Oh, sure. And it'll, and it'll bother me. You know what I think of? And I think, let me tell you what I think of okay. whenever I wake up in the middle of the night. Go ahead. I think of that scene in Insidious where the let's just say the Darth Maul character sure the demon is standing in the corner 
Um, it's just like half his face. And it's just like it's like half his body, and he just his claws come out, and you can't see him. Like it's almost like he's not there, but he is. Uh, that terrifies me to this day. Uh, Black Philip haunted me. Black Philip for really? for a minute. Well, specifically the scene whenever he's speaking to Thomason. Well, that's a spoiler. And you, and you, sorry, <laughs> uh, spoiler on the witch. Um, well, how about this? Well, I've got a few hypotheticals for you, but you go ahead. Um, hypothetical what? Um, you got to watch the OG Blair Witch before yeah. you watched the new one. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that maybe enhanced your viewing? I think it helped a lot, yeah. I can't even remember the last time I watched the OG Blair Witch, possibly a decade ago. I feel like this movie was very, very similar to that movie, and I feel like a lot of people... Um, Do you think that could have hurt it? I, I think I, I liked it because of that, mm-hmm. but I think that if you don't remember the way the Blair... Because p- people... The Blair Witch Project from the nineties is, is, is a movie that people don't um, people hold up as like one of the best ever. Uh, but I feel like they haven't seen it in a long time. And I'm, I'm saying it is one of the best ever, but they don't remember that it it's, it's a very early found footage movie. So a lot of the things we complain about are in that movie, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. Um, and so I don't know. I feel like this movie treaded on those same things. Um, it did feel very similar to that movie, but it's a sequel to that movie. So I feel like, it's okay it for int- to rehash those things. I feel like, yeah, it was intentionally similar to the first film, uh, like a sequel usually does. So as I was watching it, I kept thinking about uh, Bobcat Goldwaite's uh, Willow, Willow Creek. Creek. I thought yeah, about that, too. the found footage uh, Bigfoot movie. And, That's uh, a great movie. Yeah, I Un- underrated. really, really liked Willow Creek. Yeah, um, That's an underrated horror movie. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. Th- there's one that won't be on our list, but check that one out if you haven't seen it. Yeah, so I think that's kind of it for Blair Witch. I feel like I talked about it a lot, but um, I kind of wanted to say why I liked it. And again, it was the look. It was the sound, especially in the, the craziness at the end. I just thought it was so visceral. And I think it's odd you didn't think it was scary at all. I, 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 thought I, was, I was tense at the oh, end. I, I'm I was gl- gripping my hand. I, 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 I'm glad you brought that up. So as I was saying, I scare easy. Yeah. Uh, you know, waking up in the middle of the night. And before I watched Blair Witch, the new one, I was thinking that. I was like, man, this is going to give me nightmares. This is going to bother me. Nope. I haven't had a single problem with the new Hmm. Blair Witch. I haven't had a problem with it outside of it. I generally don't, unless it's something like that specific image from Insidious. I I scare easy. um, But but during the film, I was very, very tense. And I... As soon as it was over, I kind of let out this huge breath of air. So I was like, oh, that really worked on me. So I think it's interesting it didn't work for you in that way. Right. Um, I tell you, whenever I wake up, I always imagine something or someone is standing next to my refrigerator. And it it that thought comes into my mind so much that whenever I get up to use the bathroom, I won't look at my kitchen. Because I have this fear that it's that something's really going to be there. Wow. Yes. Well, I, I think we've now moved into the Eric Hoff... Uh, <laughs> irrational fears section <laughs> of the podcast which we could go very deep into but we won't sure we could um i think that's it for blair witch i let's talk I, about uh, the other big release recently well, in theaters. i guess i just want to wrap up i i love blair witch um i thought it was awesome i feel weird that people didn't like it as much but i guess that's how it goes i'm ready to love it i feel like if you watch it you should rewatch the original then go see it again you'll like it speaking about speaking of bigfoot Speaking of Blair Witch, okay. neither of us have seen uh, Exists. Is that the correct? Exists, yeah. That's Where it's Eduardo Sanchez's uh, Bigfoot film. Mm-hmm. Now, is that a found footage film or is it traditional? Uh, that is found footage. That sounds great. And the reason he's bringing it up is because it's directed by the original Blair Witch project director, correct. Uh, Eduardo Sanchez. Correct. 
Yeah, I haven't seen it. I, I've wanted to for a while. Uh, I, I think love... it was weird that they weren't involved in this film at all, is what I heard. Right, like not even a producer credit, like yeah. a vanity credit. Yeah, it's weird, especially because it's not like they hired some Hollywood hack. It's Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett. Right. So why wouldn't you bring on Eduardo Sanchez at least? Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm trailing, but I really like the idea of cryptozoology. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for Bigfoot. So that's Blair Witch. I liked it. Eric didn't. Correct. And uh, that's it. So our next movie is, uh, let's get to a movie we both love. Yes. And that is? Don't Breathe. So why don't you go first? Yes. Well, here's what excites me about Fetty Alvarez. Yes. The dude who directed it. Uh, He also directed the Evil Dead remake. Who all of a sudden is like a titan of horror. With two films. Two films, yeah. Well, let me tell you what excites me about him now. He knocked it out of the park with an established property. And he knocked it out of the park with it, with an original property. And one thing that you brought up about Blair Witch was the sound design. And holy crap, the sound design here. Everything was just loud. I was jumping at the jump scares. The sound design in Don't Breathe is on another level. I want to make that clear. Yes, everything's just loud. Um, be, be careful not to spoil the film. But go it, ahead. it gets mean. It gets nasty. And it stays tense the entire time. Um, and that dog. Great movie that dog is terrifying yes. that's the scariest dog since cujo well you just said don't spoil the film but yes there's a dog scene i'm sorry there's a dog in the movie that's a spoiler there's something specific about the dog i just said he was scary that's all i said so yes yeah the sound design in, in don't breathe is kind of uh pretty much the film i mean that's pretty much the movie because the, it's about a know, blind man right a blind man that that can only hear which Obviously, his abilities kind of far outweigh what would actually happen in real life, but we don't care because it's a it's a horror movie. I'll just say what I said about Evil Dead is I also love the main character and the cast. That Jane Levy is so good in both the Evil Dead remake and Don't Breathe. So I love her in the movie. I didn't know that's who it was. Really? And like the gangster character in Don't Breathe, he is the character that willingly sleeps with uh, the character and It Follows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and he's, like, not afraid of it. Yeah, that's the same dude. Huh. He did not look like it at all. What's no, his name in, the, uh, in Don't Breathe? I don't, I don't remember I hate when people do this on name. podcasts where they ask each other questions they don't know the answer to. Yeah. Uh, the sound design is awesome. Jane Levy is super, super good in this. And I thought the other two guys in the cast were good. And, um... Well, Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang, yeah. B- like, best performance ever from that guy. Right. Better than uh, Avatar, which I have to say, your real legs, which is a reference no one will get. I suppose if I had a nitpick, um, who are you supposed to nitpick already? Who are you supposed to feel compassionate for in that film? Who cares? Everybody's just kind of Jane Levy. The they set her up because, um, you know, she has that like little sister that she wants to get out of her like drug infested home or whatever. So I mean, we're supposed to root for her. It is interesting at the beginning of the film, and maybe this is what you were trying to say, is that they are breaking into, you know, this isn't a spoiler, it's early on. They're breaking into a blind man's home, which at first it's kind of like, well, how do I root for these characters? Well, they give you plenty of reason to root against um, people. Uh, And if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. So it it sort of becomes clear by the end of the film. Um, But yeah, and I guess we'll also just say like, um, the things that are in this movie that I didn't know, which would be a big spoiler, uh, super, super messed up. Yeah. There's, there's a little, I don't want to call it a twist, Yeah, but there are, uh, events in the film that I was unaware of. And yeah. when they drop in my head, I was going, Oh no. Yeah. Uh, very messed up elements. 
Also, if you're a horror fan listening to this podcast and you did not see Don't Breathe, please just go see Don't Breathe. It's awesome. Yes. That's all you have to say about it. So, man, two two solid horror films yeah. within like weeks of each other, huh? I thought you didn't like Blair Witch. I'm just saying it's exciting that we got a new Blair yeah. Witch, even if I didn't dig it. Well, I was thinking about recently how we're getting uh, Blair Witch and then like a month later, Blair Witch and then Rings, which is a Rings sequel. And I just thought in my head, what a time to be alive. That movie's not going to be good. I want to be clear. That movie's not going to be good. But it's interesting. We're getting a Blair Witch sequel and a Ring sequel in 2016. So I totally would have already watched 31, but my internet's been down for a minute. You know, I almost watched 31 last night to prepare for this, but I knew you hadn't seen it yet, and I thought it'd be pointless. So we've heard bad things. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bummer. Oh, yeah, because on our last podcast, we talked about how you were excited about 31. I was excited about Blair Witch, and I said Mm. Blair Witch would be the better film. (laughs) They both suck, apparently. I like Blair Witch a lot. Yeah, I can't wait to see 31. Uh, I'm worried, very worried now. Last night, I decided to pop in House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, yeah? How'd that go? Just because uh, I'm excited for 31. Rob Zombie's inaugural. And those transitions, speaking of transitions, are just fantastic. How it's like... um, the mermaid guy? Well, that's not one of the transitions. That's the one image I think about every time. And it's Fish Boy. Fish Boy. That's yes. what it is. Yep. Uh, but no, there's like a Halloween Eve marathon, horror movie marathon going on. And like some of the transitions is just like the hosts talking. It is shocking the escalation from that film to The Devil's Rejects. It almost seems impossible that's the same director. I like House of a Thousand Corpses, but Devil's Rejects is like one of the best of the last 20 years. I just wish, and maybe there are places like this, I just really wish there was a place like Spalding's. Like, yeah. I want to go to a place where there's a murder ride. Where you can get turned into a fish boy. No. Well, <laughs> not quite. You know what I mean. Like, the idea where there's like uh, a museum that's attributed to just horror facts. Yeah. That sounds like my type of place. Well, let's build it. Let's make it happen, huh? Pick them up. Pick them up. So I think that's it for Don't Breathe and Blair Witch. I like Blair Witch. Eric doesn't. We both love Don't Breathe. Loved. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see Don't Breathe again. I, I want to go see it again, but I feel like I'm going to miss it. Uh, I don't know if it's here anymore. And It may have already left. Ho-dunk town. Po-dunk. Yeah, it may have already left. Uh. Yeah. Anything else we're excited about coming up? Um, I, can't, I can't think of anything. I can't think right of any now. releases in October, can you? The Bye Bye Man. Have you seen that trailer? I don't remember. It's it. like some Relativity STX Entertainment uh, horror movie. Right. Um, it looks like a teeny bopper thing, but I'm into it. Oh, you know oh, what I am? Okay. And Ouija 2. Ouija 2. Uh, thank you. I was just going to say that. Ouija 2 looks awesome. And, and if you if you don't know out there, Ouija is a, is a horrible movie. Horrible. But Ouija 2 is directed by Mike Flanagan. And he's, Who did Hush. Yeah, he's a great director. He also did uh, Absentia and... Uh, Oculus. Oculus, thank you. I'm one of the only people that liked Oculus out there. That's the mirror movie, right? Yes. I remember With digging that it was rated R. You what? I remember digging that it was rated R. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was super... Um, there's some really messed up stuff in that movie I feel like people don't remember. I've never seen Absentia. Um, Absentia is really good. It's probably his best movie, actually, that and Hush. But, yeah, he's a great director, and, and he, he's come out and said, like, you know, I, I we just sucks. Like, Ouija's a stupid movie. And isn't 2 supposed to be a prequel? Yeah, and it's set in the 70s, like a period movie about the you know Ouija board. Like, I can't wait, dude. Ouija. I know, but Ouija is kind of like the colloquial way to say it, but it is Ouija. Anyways, yeah, Ouija too. I'm excited about that. Yeah. 
Cool. It, how weird is it that we're excited about a Ouija sequel, which is a horrible, horrible movie? Did you even see it? Tell me you didn't see it. I saw it in theaters. Me too. It was just a bunch of teeny bopper kids. I, like, I, I, I went the, the board. I went, I went to like a Tuesday night, 9 p.m. showing, hoping I'd get the theater to myself. Nope. As the credits are rolling, small family walks in. Biggest mistake of your life. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, Blair Witch is rated R. And when I went to go see it, uh, there were uh, there was a family and a child behind me. A child. And that, as soon as the movie ended, the child exclaimed out loud, I'm never seeing a movie like that again. Nice. So... It worked for someone out there, including right. me. I, you know what? I was that child. It worked for that child, well, and it worked for the child I, inside of you. Right. I was that child. I think that's it for our What We've Been Watching segment. I got a fun anecdote before we get to our topic. We went to a gas station just now in Carlsbad, New Mexico. We live in this town in the middle of nowhere. Correct. Some, some guy knew that I was wearing a Halloween 3 Season of the Witch shirt. Yep. The one time that'll probably ever happen to me in my whole life. Yep. Hello, guy out there that's not listening and to like, this. And what sucks is like I feel like living in such a small town having kind of such an obscure interest it's like yep new best friend right there we'll never talk to him again nope but that's the but those are my thoughts you know (laughs) those are your hopeful feelings it's like you share you know something that small of an interest that i'm into all right i think now it's time to get to our topic that is let me stop you real quick let me stop Yeah, go ahead stop me stop the whole flow of the podcast just stop me real quick so we spoke at length about blair witch Yes. Uh, we spoke at length about found footage. Uh-huh. So now let me ask you, sir, if you had to pick one. One found footage film? Nope. Between these two films, Blair Witch, Paranormal Activity. This Blair Witch or Paranormal Activity? Let's go OG Blair Witch, OG Paranormal Activity. Wow. Um I know a lot of people out there have soured on Paranormal Activity, but... Even the first one? The first film. I have really? it at all. I think that movie is really strong. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, I feel like it, it has the same problem that, that, that Saw had, where people sort of remember the sequels, but don't remember the impact of that first movie. Sure. And the first movie, that movie preyed on that when you go to sleep, you don't know what's happening to you. I'm getting and, chills thinking about it. it. Exactly. And, and I feel like the later films became just like stuff going bump in the dark, and that's different. Right. The first film, it was put a camera on people that are asleep. And when you're asleep, you don't know what's happening to you. Correct. Um, and it could be, you know, any of those things that are in paranormal activity. So which one is better or which one do which, I like? Which more? one do you like more? That's all. Boy, you know, I'm going to have to say just Blair Witch Project because it's the first man. I don't know. I feel like I'm lying to myself. It might be paranormal activity. They're, paranormal you know, activity just works so well on me. Um, you know, I saw it a long, obviously it came out a long time ago. Sure. Um, when I saw it, man, that movie scared me. Like I, yeah. was, when I was going to sleep, you know, for the first like week after it, I, I thought about it yeah, every night. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, man, that's a really what, tough one. What's funny is like, I heard how scary it was. Yeah. And it's not a decade old. No way. But maybe what, five years? It came out in 2009. Okay. So seven years. Yeah. Wow. And I remember avoiding it because I was yeah. like, crap, this is going to scare me. Wait, how did you see it? DVD. Wow. And like, and like, after it had already been out for a minute, like I was that worried about it that I sat on it for that long. And then when I finally worked up the "quote unquote" guts, um, yeah, scared the crap out of me. This reminds me, we need to do a found footage episode. Um, so, and I was living with this girl at the time, and Who will not be named. And it was funny because like I didn't tell her that like I was scared, and like finally it got brought up like a week later, and she was like, "Yeah, me too." 
Like we 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 both oh, had this both fear, but neither of us brought it up. Yeah, well, I just thought that I, was silly. You know, I think this is more for our found footage episode, but I'll just say that when I saw the first Paranormal Activity, uh, it wasn't wide yet, and no one had seen it. And uh, me and my, I got all my buddies in, in Cruces. Hello, shout out to you guys. Hello, Wes. I got all them. Two to, shout outs for Wes this episode. Uh, well, I, he was one of the guys that voted for it and went with us. He, uh, we, we all voted for it to play. Uh, you, you remember they had a campaign called Demand It. So mm-hmm. we demanded it to play in El Paso. We lived in Las Cruces, New Mexico, which is close to El Paso, uh, because El Paso had already had a lot of votes. Well, it won uh, out of 25 cities in America. So we bought tickets and went, and it was packed, and the whole place was just packed full of people. And I'll never forget sitting down for it. And we didn't even know what the movie was yet. We just heard right. it was called Paranormal Activity. We saw a, p- a little teaser, and uh, we saw it, and it scared the crap out of us. Mm-hmm. So I have a little different experience than a lot of people did. Like, you saw it on DVD, which... Way past. It may have had a greater effect on sure, me. because seeing you, you saw it at home. At home, and that's where it takes mm-hmm. place, inside someone's home. But I'm just saying the experience of seeing it for me was like this whole piece of this of my life i remember and i won't watch it again but i still want to like area 51 area 51 yeah when when are we gonna do our found footage episode pick them up we'll do it next episode that or vampires that are committing to that or vampires okay that is officially it now we are going to do our topic which is underrated films films that we think are underrated that we enjoy so now it is time for our top five underrated horror films yeah Now, what would a Ghoul Squad podcast be without a couple of weird lists and exclusions from yours truly? Now it's time for Easy's Arbitrary Exclusions part of the podcast. This is where Eric Hoff likes to make up a bunch of random things <laughs> as to not include them in the podcast for no reason. Please, so, sir, now, take the floor. It's not so much as exclusions as I have. Uh, so I have like a uh, honorable mention list. And then I have another list of films that are... I feel like worthy of the title of underrated, but they're a bit more popular than some of the other films that have made my list. And we want to be clear before we even talk about any of this. Of course, these are just kind of, these are movies that we just decided were underrated. Right. So if we say them and you think, well, that's not underrated. Kind of the point of this episode is to have a little more fun than our last ones and just talk about movies we like that we may have happened to think they were underrated. But this one's more just like, hey. We like this movie. It happens to be underrated. So it's a fun episode, more than the other ones which are like genre specific. Right. Maybe one of these movies has 400,000 votes on IMDb, but I doubt it. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. All you right, want to so, go first then? Yeah. So, so this is my list of, of films that I do believe are underrated, but I feel like they're more popular than others. Number one is Deranged. Oh, yeah. That's a great movie. The film that is based off of Ed Gein. Ed the, Gein. The Butcher of Plainfield. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, I guess I don't want to call it, uh, biographical, but it's inspired by, uh, Ed Gein, um, mm-hmm. his life. And, uh, I'm, I'm super into it because I'm a gore guy. Sure. And, uh, I just love that idea of digging up bodies and scooping out eyeballs and just kind of a nasty fun film. So you brought deranged over, uh, to my apartment one night and we sure. watched it together. Sure. And, uh, I, I really liked the movie, but man, it made me feel dirty, man. Like that was that's a, awesome. It's a nasty movie. So yes, in the same way that those final sequences of the T- Texas Chainsaw Massacre feel just like like 
when she's like rolling around the bones and like the feathers, mm-hmm. it's so disgusting. Deranged made me feel that same way. Right, right. It's just kind of one of those like nasty hillbilly movies. <laughs> yeah. Is that a is that an accepted nomenclature? I don't know, but let's make it one. Hillbilly. Okay, so that's deranged. Yes. Uh, a runner up for me. Or wait, what is it? Runner up or uh, honorable, honorable mentions, mentions? Whatever you want to call it. Uh, there is, are no rules. I'm gonna throw this one in here. Okay. Um, this is random. Sure. Triangle. I don't even know what you're talking about. So Triangle is this movie that I, I feel like a lot of horror fans saw it. It's a movie where this, uh, this I don't know how to explain it. This woman goes on a boat or something and she gets stuck on this boat. And she's being chased by this masked killer. Uh, but what she finds out is she went into the, the boat went into the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. And uh, time is messed up. Uh, so some, something is happening with time and she's being chased by this man in a, it's kind of similar to time crimes. Have you seen time crimes? Nope. I think that's Nacho Vigalado. I think that's him. Triangle is just a really, really cool horror movie that a lot of people didn't see. A lot of people don't remember. When did this even come out? 2010, maybe. Yeah. It's a really, I, I don't remember specifically. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm saying. It's underrated. Like even I forgot about it. I've never even um, heard of it. It's a it's a cool movie. Um, you got one over me. Yeah, Triangle. That's all I'm going to say. You, cool. You check it out. It's underrated. Netflix. I don't think that one's on Netflix. Okay. I well, what about who directed? DVD. Who directed it? Yeah. Anybody? Are you ready for this? Lay it on me. I don't know. Okay. That's so fine. the reason that's kind of why I brought up Triangle is it's underrated to the point where I forgot about it and I was like, oh, that's underrated because that movie was awesome, but I forgot about it. So there you go. All right. Okay. I got another one, one. Another one of yours. You're gonna call me crazy. Okay. Toby Hooper's The Fun House. Oh, okay. Everybody remembers the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I think people need to be thinking The Fun House. Well, pretty much any of Toby Hooper's films could be on the underrated list, as long as they're not called Poltergeist or Texas Chainsaw Massacre or TCM2. And um, he didn't, although he didn't direct Poltergeist. Supposedly. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Um, it's just It's just shy. It just makes a few errors of being just masterful mm-hmm. and i just feel like more people need to check out this film well i've almost picked up his eaten alive at our hastings is By it the way, still there yeah oh i shouldn't have told you that our uh our, our hastings is closing yeah our favorite video store in town well the only video store in town and currently blu-rays are 50 percent off so i went and got like the ghost house and witchery double i got the sentinel i got uh death becomes her 50 nice. off so that's the fun house. The fun house. Yes. I got another honorable mention for me. Um, I didn't want to put this on our list. We've talked about it too much. So Lay it on me. Is House of Wax remake. Oh, okay. We've talked about it a lot. We don't have to talk about it a lot here. House of Wax remake is just, I feel like people are remembering it now, but I think it's just very underrated. It was a movie that people made fun of because uh, Paris Hilton's in it. And um, that movie's freaking awesome. It's like a remake of Tourist Trap. Uh, slasher basically with the house of wax mixed in um, house of wax remakes. Awesome. So I think it's, I think it's really underrated, but we talk about it all the time. So there it is. House of wax. Sure. Okay. Got another one for you. I feel like people discredit this film. Okay. Land of the dead. Oh, okay. I feel like people need to revisit this one. I feel like if I said land of the dead, you'd be yelling at me. That's not underrated. Well, I feel like Romero just got discredited period with all of his dead films after sure. Uh, day in the same way that the paranormal activity franchise and saw got ruined by their sequels uh, i kind of feel like romero having made uh, survival of the dead and diary, diary. Of the dead, 
kind of lessened land. So the reason I dig it so much is it's a continued evolution of his zombies. They yeah. continue to get smarter. The people continue to get dumber. And what a cast. Yeah, that movie's awesome, dude. Asia Argento, Dennis Hopper, John Leguizamo, Simon Baker. It's a fun movie, man. Now, when you say it's Asia Argento, movie. you really mean Dracula 3D. Where there's the mantis stabbing somebody in the heart, praying mantis. she's naked in it, and he directed it. Directed her it. father. Her father directed it. Yes, that's a movie people need not to be sour on. Land of the Dead. Correct. Not Dracula 3D. Dracula 3D can go to hell <laughs> as long as you see Land of the Dead. Correct. Okay, so my uh, actually my last honorable mention, I only had three. I got uh, more. Why don't you do another one? Okay. Lords of Salem. Sure, that's it's okay. God, it's so good. And I remember thinking, this is garbage. And then I rewatched it, and it's awesome, dude. It is great. And I'm hoping that's the case with 31. We hate it now. Give it three years. We'll love it. Do you think 31 will be like an old-school Italian uh, mind show, or do you think 31 is just not going to be good? Do you mean, do I think there's going to be dream logic in 31? I don't understand there's your question. Not, yeah, that's pretty much what I was asking. Because um, cause Lords of Salem almost feels like an Italian film, which I'm realizing now and liking it more. Um, I don't think 31 will be that. I don't know what the hell 31 is. <laughs> Because you know, you know I, I think people I that have it. seen Thirty One have said that exact same thing. I just want, I just want something mean spirited and violent and nasty. And I heard it's super shaky cam, so that's already bumming me out. Yeah. But if you can just give me violent gore, you you know, Rob Zombie, you don't have, you really don't have. It's not hard to please me. Let me know if Thirty One is more coherent than, than Blair Witch. Okay. Let's put money on the table. I'm just kidding. Lords of Salem Lords of Salem. is awesome. We were just speaking earlier about how me personally enjoy the general idea of, I enjoy the general idea of like the aesthetic to like Satanism. Sure. And Lords of Salem just encapsulates that perfectly for me. Definitely. I, uh, you know, me, I love that as well. I think that's why The Witch is so awesome. Obviously it's a great movie, but we also love the imagery. So of the two witch films we got this year... E Dog's going the witch, of course, over Blair Witch. What oh, about no. you? What the, about you? The witch, nah, no question. Holy the crap! Witch, the witch might be my favorite movie of the year if Ten Cloverfield Lane hasn't Ooh, come out. I got to choose between the witch and Green Room. Now it's not going to be easy. I'd take the witch. over It's Green not going to be pretty. I like Green Room a lot, God. but I'd take the witch over. Darn, Green. both of those movies are excellent. Both released by A twenty four. Yes. So still I'll, waiting on Swiss Army Man. I can't wait to see that. Uh, I will say my last uh, honorable mention is a movie called Detention. You know what? Joseph Kahn, I remember not yep. digging it. You didn't like Detention. No. Uh, no. It, it, that movie is the movie that made me like Josh Hutcherson. So okay. that should tell you uh, he's freaking awesome in the movie. I, I think his his name is on his shoes. Like Josh Hutcherson is written on that character's shoes in the film. Isn't it his character's name? It may be. Something like that. But uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I remember loving it. And, and it was what's cool about that movie is it's a it's such a true point. The movie is about how everyone thinks the generation before them is better. Sure. They in, and this is an infinite cycle that the 2000s kids think the 90s are there are, are better. The uh, 90s kids think the 80s were better. The 80s kids think the 70s are better and so on and so on and so on. 
you'll forever think back to the generation before yours and think, wow, they had it good. When really what, what, what you're missing is your generation is great too. And we're talking pop culture, music events and stuff like that are, are good as well. You're just not realizing it in the moment. And then when you look back on it, you're going to realize how good your generation was, but you were just so focused on the nineties or the eighties or the seventies. Um, I feel like we do that too. You know, I think the, I, we look back on the eighties as like the best era of anything ever. I mean, sure. the best movies ever made except for jaws, which was 1975 uh, and Halloween, which was 77. All the best movies ever made were in the 80s. I love that part of detention. It has uh, spoilers a little bit. It has time travel in the film, um, but that's not that's not like a twist. That's that's what the movie is, and uh, it tells that story of generational gaps through time travel. And I loved it for that. So detention. I think I feel like nobody talks about it. Everybody forgot about it as soon as it came out. I love that movie. You have more. I do have more. The ruins is another one I got. What an interesting pick. It's like a it's like a body horror film. And it was like late uh, 2000s. Um, I feel like you could like lump it in with like um, like whenever the hills have eyes was dropping yep. around that uh, time frame. And it's that location horror. It is a location horror, right? Uh, these kids are stuck on a pyramid that's cursed and the locals won't let them off. And the elements of the pyramid are attacking the kids. Since this is your honorable mention, why don't you hold that? Interesting. We don't talk about our list before. And the ruins is on my top five or top five underrated. Okay, awesome. I'll... So let's talk about it in a minute. Okay, sure. Well, let me keep going. Amityville Horror Two. I love that movie. That movie is creepy as can be. Incest. I, I started that film. Incest. That's weird that you're big on incest, Doc. Incest. I'm talking gore and titties, and you're like, yeah, brother and sister. <laughs> it's uh, it's very flowers in the attic. Please go ahead. Amityville. Yes. I love Amityville too. The Possession, right? Correct. Yes. And it, it's, was, I guess it serves as a prequel to the OG one. This I love is, that movie. This is the original family that where the kid was possessed that murders his family. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, we hear Amityville. I feel like we never hear two or this or the third one. Not that it's a good film. Well, the third one has that great basement monster. Yeah, it's kind of a turd, but yeah. Uh, I, I actually like Amityville 2 more than the first one. Now, easily, hands down. Well, hang on. One hang is... On. <laughs> Having said that, I understand the significance of Amityville. I did not see it as a kid. I saw it, you know, as an adult. So it doesn't mean the same thing as a lot of it does to a people. Sure. So I am not crapping on uh, the Amityville horror, but I like two more. So whenever I initially watched it, I just couldn't do it. It was just too scary for me. And this is just like a couple of years ago. Two? Two. Two was too scary. Two is terrifying. Wow. Do you remember the point of view shot of the point of view shot of the demon like walking through the house? Yes. And there's like a part where there's like a cross on the wall and it like knocks the, the cross. I don't know if it's like off the wall or upside down or something. It was just too much for me. It was just too creepy that I had to wait for my girlfriend to be like, hey, will you watch this movie with me, please? Because I can't do it alone. Growing up Catholic really ruined you, didn't it? It totally did. We both grew up Catholic <laughs> for the for the record. So yes, Avenueville Horror Two. Great. I'm surprised it's not on your list because you're so um enthusiastic about it yeah. that's a film that i keep wanting to rewatch. like when i was watching the conjuring 2 in theaters i was like yeah amityville horror 2 man need to get back to that one you're making me want to rewatch it again man i that was it was funny i watched all three uh in about the same uh weekend or so and i was amityville 2 was my favorite one's a chore two is fantastic three is bonkers three is yeah wacky not good yeah i like three but two is the best let me keep going to which board love which board yes uh um, tawny katane yeah, so these kids mess with a Ouija board. There's a demon. She she is in that. Malfator uh, starts to mess with the kids. Malfator's a homie. Um, 
you know, maybe it's not too underrated because didn't Fright Rags do a Mouth Fedor t-shirt? T-shirt. I think they did, but I mean, Witchboard's underrated in terms of horror. It's yeah, I think it's underrated. Sure, people like it. Don't get me, but people like you know Amityville too. People like sure. House of Wax remake. So again, our underrated list is important to say we know people have seen these movies. We just think they're underrated. Sure, we we think more people should watch them. Sure, um, that's a fun movie. Yeah, I really love that movie too. Yes, uh, same dude who did Night of the Demons. Yeah, Kevin Tenney. I've never seen uh, Witchboard two, or for that fact, Night of the Demons two. I don't even know if two and three are like readily available. They're Which on Blu-ray. Are they? Yeah, they're on Blu-ray. That I did not know. They're not. I think they're out from Olive Films. They're not out from Screen Factory. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't let me keep any, going. I don't have any more honorable mentions, so please go ahead. Okay. Um, there's this vampire movie uh, made by this man by the name of... I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce it right. Lucio Fulucci. Leaf Jonker. What it's, did you call me? It's called Darkness. Now, isn't there another film called The Darkness or some, like a PG-13? Yes. Okay. Are you talking about Darkness Falls? Nope. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, no. No. I know you're not talking about Darkness Falls, but uh, by the way, the opening scene of Darkness Falls, very underrated, horrible movie. So this film is referred to as Leaf Jonker's Darkness, and it's just like a vampire chase gore film. Okay. There's just scenes of a street where people are just getting chased by vampires. I like that scene in 30 Days a Night, which there, is awesome. There's not much narrative in this film, but it's just... But that's how Easy likes it. But it's just, um, I guess, you know, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a far-out vampire film with excellent gore. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I know what movie you're talking about, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. You have um, any more? I sure do. These are honorable mentions. Please keep going. Joel M. Reed's Bloodbath. Now, that's the dude who did Bloodsucking Freaks. And this is a horror anthology about a cast of a horror film. They get together for dinner one night, and uh-huh. they start telling various stories, and that's what makes up the anthology. And uh, it's good stuff. That sounds awesome. It's a I lot of fun. It. Isn't that era release called Bloodbath? Yes, but it's not this. No, I know it's not that. That's a, it's an older film. Uh, that sounds cool. And I got one more for you. I believe this was originally a sci-fi channel original. Abominable. Sharknado. I feel like you know of Abominable. Abominable. Say it one more time. Abominable. It's basically rear window with Bigfoot. That sounds incredible. So there's this man. He's paraplegic. He's uh, in this cabin in the woods because he recently went mountain climbing and he fell and he like broke his back or something. And so now he has a fear of like the wood. So that his doctor encourages him to get, sh- to get wood. To, so you should go back out to confront your fears of being out in the forest. So conveniently there's these girls partying in this cabin next to his and Bigfoot is taking them out. Are they naked? I, you know, I don't remember. Just say they are. Okay. And, uh, the monster is just fantastic. He's a really fun Bigfoot. That sounds and, sweet. And it's, it's a man in a wheelchair trying to take down Bigfoot. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah very rear window. I mean, it's pretty much rear window. It's good stuff. Um, that's a great idea, rear window with Bigfoot. Yes. <clears throat> so those are all my honorable mentions. I got a random honorable mention. Late on me. Of. Real quick, The Signal. If you have not seen oh, okay. The Signal from 2008, um, please go watch that movie. It's an anthology, but it's not. It's directed by three different directors, but it's not. Um, it's one narrative yeah one narrative. but it's like each director's part of the film is a different tone yeah it was a massive ma- david bruckner is involved in that um who should have been directing or am i thinking of a different bruckner? No, david bruckner yeah 
That's the new Friday the 13th. Have you seen Southbound yet? I have seen Southbound. Southbound oh, wow. was excellent. Yeah. Another great anthology uh, film. The let's, uh, No spoilers. The hospital segment. That's David Bruckner. Oh, my gosh. Like, oh, my gosh, dude. Oh, my gosh. I, I was like falling out of my chair during that scene. What was funny was I was telling my mom about that oh movie. Oh, my gosh. And I think I was getting exasperated telling her, and I think she was just like, this is too much. Yeah. Dude. Stop already. Um, that that sequence in Southbound, which is a little underrated at this point, pretty new, though, um, blew my mind. I, I've seen it twice now, and the second time I watched it, even the second time, I was like, oh, oh God, just save this lady. Right. Um, so, yeah. It's very good. Um, very good. Anyways, David Bruckner, uh, he was involved in The Signal, and The Signal's incredible. Yes. Um, so, please, please. Go watch the signal. Uh, me and my buddies were like massive fans when that came out. Like I have the Blu-ray from 2008. Like love the signal. I haven't seen it in a minute, but yeah. So do you think it's time to get to our actual list? Let's get to our actual list, our top five underrated films that I we think, like. I think I'll go first. That millions of people have probably seen these movies though. Uh, they certainly have seen this first one and then the next couple. My, I think my, as always, I think my list is going to be a little more popular than yours, which mm-hmm. is totally fine with me. Um, that's kind of as you've if you've listened to our podcast, I kind of do that. Eric kind of does zany arbitrary exclusions. Um, so, yeah, I'll my, show you arbitrary exclusions. My list will be uh, more popular. You want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, we'll take turns. Okay, so my, this is our top five underrated horror movies. Again, just a random list of <laughs> five horror movies that are underrated. And my number five is called The Loved Ones. Okay. Now you've seen the loved ones, yeah? I have only oh, once. Love that movie, man. Sure. It was um uh one of the best horror movies that year. I think it came out the same year as Excision, and I remember thinking those movies were like, holy crap, we got two really, really, really like indie uh, horror that that just kind of came out of nowhere. The loved ones. Excision is great too, by the way. Um, but uh, loved ones is about this uh this girl that wants to take this guy to a prom, and uh, he says no. And she seems very innocent initially. And she seems very innocent. So he, uh, they basically get him to go to their house. Uh, it's her and her dad. And uh, hilarity ensues. Uh, is it fair to call it torture porn? Basically torture porn, yeah. But where the film goes by the end of the movie is completely insane. Um, there's like the, there's things in the basement, I'll just mm-hmm. say. I'll never forget watching The Loved Ones for the first time because I wasn't expecting it to be that high level of a film. So... Uh, loved ones is awesome. I, if I remember correctly, there's a there's a I haven't seen the loved ones in a while, but there's a uh, his friend the the kid's friend is like a big part of the movie. I think he's like getting laid at the prom, and uh, uh, while he's being like tortured instead of being at the prom, which I remember being a fun. Do you remember the loved ones at all? Mm, barely. Anyways, it happens in the in the movie, and and I. Uh, yeah, it's just a great movie. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I remember the performance of that girl. I wish I knew the actress's name. Uh, she's incredible. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like you said, it's, it's pretty, uh, torture porn as it goes, but it's, it's uh, like take the dinner scene from the OG Texas chainsaw massacre yeah. and replace it with a good looking girl from high school. Yes. Who's doing the torturing. And there's some like there's some really creepy dance scenes. Like I think she dances with her dad, mm-hmm. super creepily. Um, it's a pretty pretty creepy, crawly, gross movie sure. towards the end, especially. Um, but yeah, Loved Ones is awesome. I, I feel the reason I feel this one is underrated is I remember it being big at the time. Like the horror genre kind of loved the Loved Ones that year. Mm-hmm. Have not heard about it since. I don't hear anybody talk about it anymore. So sure. I think it's underrated. So the Loved Ones number five. It's good. 
It's one what of my revisiting. Number five. Number five. And I feel like some of I feel like my films might be quote unquote underrated. Cause you just said you feel like people have forgotten about the loved ones. Sure. I feel like some of my titles are just old. And so maybe that's why I'm giving them that uh, title of, you know, underrated. Let's uh, hear it now. What is Eric Hoff's number five? The Dead Next Door. Okay. Which is a zombie film from 89. And the reason I dig it is because it has this real grainy VHS feel to it. Sure. It, it probably was shot on VHS. Mm-hmm. There's a, I forget if he's like a mad doctor or something. There's like a cult or something that's trying to use uh, the zombies for nefarious reasons. Nefarious. 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 Tomato. Tomato. <laughs> um, and there's like a police squad that's trying to stop uh, this man. Okay. And uh, it's just, um, it's got that grainy, low budget, gory feel to it. You know, I've never seen it. It's good. So I definitely want to check it out. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a film I've been wanting to revisit recently. And I thought, man, this would be a great time to talk about it. And why do you think that movie is underrated? Because it's old and people have forgotten about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you hear zombie films, you probably hear Romero. You probably hear Fulci. Do people talk about The Next Door? I don't know. Solid zombie film. Needs some more attention. All right. So my number four. Yes. Is uh, a movie we've both seen. So we should both talk about. Okay. Um We've talked about it on the podcast before. It's it's people know the film, but I think it's underrated. Let's hear it. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The beginning. Yeah. The oh, beginning. such a good movie. So we love this movie. Yes. Like almost a little too much. Like it, this is. Th- <laughs> it's quite possibly the best Platinum Dunes release. One hundred percent. This and uh, House of Wax. I feel like are our films. Like we talk about them a lot. Our go-to um, films. And by the way, I'm, by our films, I mean movies we like to champion that, that we feel like are underrated. And that's what this episode is about. So TCM The Beginning is, is a prequel to the remake. Yeah, it's a prequel to the remake, but it almost feels like it exists in its own. Like it's its own uh, Texas Chainsaw movie, it almost feels like. And what I love about that movie is that it's a period film. It takes sure. place it's in the Vietnam 70s. War. Yeah, Vietnam War. And they talk about it all the time and like the... The main characters are like, uh, there's a this big aspect of like the two brothers. One of them's gonna, he's already in the war, he's already served a tour. He's already served a tour, and he's in his bro- he's he's taking his brother to enlist to go fight in Vietnam. Well, he's but, already been drafted, right? He's already been drafted. He wants to uh, burn his card and, and move to Mexico or Canada. One of the two. Um, the reason I bring that up is it just has these interesting aspects to it because it's a period film in the '70s, and I just remember that being. Um, so cool. And I rewatched it recently and it's just, it's just such a cool piece to be in a Texas Chainsaw film because the original one right. did come out in the late seventies and it, it feels like that you feel, right. it feels like it was in the seventies, obviously shot very well because it's platinum dunes. So it looks really, really glossy, but it still has that grit. And then of course the, the, the gore is just crazy. Oh yeah. That movie it's has, nasty. yeah, that movie is like nastier than the remake. It's nastier than, uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. It just feels a lot more, that in particular feels a lot more like Texas Chainsaw Massacre than any of the remake, sequel, blah, blah, blah. Right. That one feels like it could be with, of course, glossier, but it feels like it could go with the original films like TCM, TCM2, uh, Leatherface. I feel like that is the best Chainsaw Massacre film. Other than... The first one? I, you know, I've said this multiple times. I've probably even said this before on the pod. I'm just not that big fan of the OG Texas really? Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a good time to talk about it. I rewatched uh, TCM, uh, the new 4K scan 
right before I rewatched the new 2K scan of TCM2. And I certainly, <laughs> I forgot about just how like non-narrative that film gets, the first one. Sure. Uh, it is very narratively driven until she basically gets tied into that chair. Mm-hmm. And then it's just bonkers, which everyone knows this out there. We're talking about the first Texas Chainsaw. But um, yeah, it is interesting to look back on. Um, I, I don't think this is the best TCM film. I think the best one is Toby Hooper's first movie. Um, but yeah, TCM the beginning is just great. And we, we talk about it all the time. And I feel like, I feel like people, if you ask people that didn't see it in theater, I feel like they wouldn't even remember it came out. That's I why that it's on movie this list. alone on Halloween night. Uh, the beginning, this gives us a little bit of insight into yes. your life. Well, what, what's funny was I had Halloween plans with a buddy of mine and his girlfriend and they just didn't want to hang with easy. Can you drop his name? So, sure. Andrew Costaneta, my oh, best friend. I love Andrew. him very much. Different Andrew from the Andrew you're always talking about. Hi, Andrew Sierra. And um, I just remember being like stoked, like, well, this worked out well because it was such a good and fun yeah. movie. I'm happy that that's what I ended up doing. You know, it's funny. I feel like I, feel like I should – I like right now I should have seen it more than I have. Like, And I'm the one who championing it, and I'm the one that likes it. I've seen it several times. I remember getting the unrated DVD and just thinking how gory and disgusting it gets on mm-hmm. the unrated DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the unrated blue from Canada, actually. But no, no U.S. blue. No U.S. unrated blue. There okay. is a U.S. blue, but it's not unrated. Okay, at the beginning. Yeah, and just that whole origin story is awesome, and the whole origin you, of the sheriff. The, that's that's just what I was going to bring yeah, up. Exactly. You, we see how the characters are in the remake, and then we see how they became that way. Yeah, in the and, and again, almost better than the remake almost better than the only thing it's not better than the remake is jessica beale's ass is not in the beginning we'll give you that which is fantastic in the remake we'll give you that Rewatched the remake recently and did not like it as much as i thought i did i remember i watched the og and the remake literally like within a week of each other like i'd never seen the og uh <laughs> text chainsaw massacre and this is like what year did that come out? 2004? So this is like 10th grade for me? Yeah, it's a while ago. The OG terrified me. No, it was scary. The TCM remake came out in 2003. Okay, so this is ninth grade mm-hmm. for me. And I remember feeling anxiety about the remake. I just assumed if this is a remake, this is going to be the OG ramped up. Yeah. I remember thinking, yeah, about the remake. Like, whatever. I'll quickly say this and we can move on from Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning. I rewatched... Almost all of them. The only ones I didn't rewatch, which I love Leatherface, the third film, and The Next Generation I, I haven't rewatched. But I rewatched TCM, TCM2, the remake, the beginning, and then I rewatched Texas Chainsaw 3D. And uh, it was a lot to take in. Uh, that's a lot of Leatherface running around with people screaming. If you're counting skulls, I'd say you've got about 40 or 50 bodies here. I would say that's the best aspect of the remake is all that docu footage, like when they're like going down into the house and and the picture. Oh, dude, that picture is terrifying. <laughs> no, but the, and then there's at the end of the film spoilers for the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like Tom is still alive, and like they take a picture of him, and his face is m- scarier than the rest of that movie because it's like all oh my gosh. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, yeah. One of my favorite uh, underrated films that I feel like literally is forgotten. So there you go. That Get on is top of that film. My number four. Get on top of that film. Get on top of it. My number four. We just keep getting wackier and wackier. Dead Al- heat. Alligator. 
Not quite. Dead Heat. Joe okay. Piscopo. Okay. Um, it's a zombie film, but not flesh-eating zombies. Uh, there's this man, Vincent Price. He's created this machine that reanimates anything dead. So there are these two cops. They get shot. They get brought back to life by this machine, and they try to solve their own murder. Uh, it's a buddy cop zombie film. And there's this terrific scene where they're like in a meat market and the dead meat becomes reanimated. (laughs) So there's just like walking pig torsos and the insanity of it makes me think, and maybe this is too high class for this film. This sounds like Brian Yesta. Sort of. Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. And it's just a fun kind of goof off film that I've, I've never heard anybody talk about Dead Heat. I've never seen it. I know the film. I know it, but I've never seen it. Yeah. Buddy cop zombie film that's just kind of filled with belly laughs. Hmm. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. I, uh, the way you described it sounds like uh, Reanimator. Is it similar to Reanimator in any way? You know, I would not compare it to uh, Reanimator, but there's definitely those parallels hmm. of dead things coming back to life that cannot be controlled. Right. Exactly. My number four was Dead Heat. Dead Heat. That sounds awesome with the body parts. I, I really want to see it's that. It's a lot of fun. So that's it. Yeah. All right. My number three is a Late on me. movie that you already spoke about. The Ruins. Yes. So Ben Stiller produced. Huge, huge, huge fan. If anyone knows me, you know that this movie uh, is fantastic. It's one of my favorite horror movies of this um, decade era. I remember it being just completely disgusting uh, with the uh, as the film progresses, they get it's not a spoiler to say they get like vines in their skin and stuff, like uh, yeah, vines in their skin, and uh, it's disgusting. They have to cut them out and stuff. It's it's gross, and and the cast is very very good in this movie. I say that not knowing their names, but they're all recognizable. Uh, Sean their, Ashmore. Sean Ashmore. Yes, thank you. Um, he's in the film. Now, I'm just saying that guy's name. I don't know. If he, I don't remember I if he's in. One it of them not. is in it. No, it's you're right. It's Ashmore. It's I believe he's in it. They're all recognizable faces, so it's like a real Hollywood film, and a lot of times we don't like that. This one is just freaking nasty, mm-hmm. and and I'll never forget, I won't spoil the ruins, but there's this one scene including these flowers and this um, this uh, cell phone noise mm-hmm. um, is what I'll say. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget watching that movie and thinking, well, this is pretty good, and then this scene happens uh, with those two in relation. And I, uh, my jaw dropped, and I, th- I, I literally thought, I, this is blowing my mind. I, th- I love, love, love the ruins. I know what you're talking about. But I won't and say I anything. love that scene. It just sort of, what's what's interesting about it is it seems like a supernatural, you know, horror film about this haunted pyramid, uh, and it's actually almost fantastical in certain elements. And I feel like we've missed a lot of that, and especially during that era. I believe it came out 2008, 2009. We weren't getting a lot of. Uh, crazy things like that um it's not just the vines in your skin they they can the 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 plants can do things and that just completely blew my mind because it felt like a fantastical 80s element that we don't see today um and then apart from that like i said the cast the look like you said it feels a lot like the hills have eyes remake it's that location horror it's you know they're they're uh stuck in a place they don't understand a place they don't know yeah that's pretty much the ruins i i i love that movie Mm -hmm. so that and I, I and why do I think it's underrated? I feel like it was forgotten with that whole slew of films during the torture porn era transition into the found footage supernatural era that we're in now, or maybe leaving. Def been in it for a minute. Yeah, it came out 
if you remember, it came out like the Hills Have Eyes remake came out in 2004 or five, I believe. And the ruins didn't come out until 2008 or nine. So the ruins came out in the transition to paranormal activity. And uh, I think it's forgotten because of that. It was coming out at the end of that very visceral gore era. That we need to get back to. I would love that. So You can keep your swirling black circles. I feel like it, it, it it's forgotten uh, because of that. So if you haven't seen The Ruins, please Check it out. Go, go watch it. You will not, not be disappointed by The Ruins. Um, certainly one of my favorite movies of that era. And yeah, it always always weirded me out that nobody cared about it. So It's good. I like it. Do you have anything to say about it? Not other than that, I dig it. Not not really. All right. Well, that's the ruins. What is your number, number three? Number three. I got another Joel M. Reed movie for you. Two, huh? Yep. Bloodsucking Freaks. Yeah, sure. I know that very well. Yeah. Have you seen it? I have never seen Bloodsucking Freaks. So Bloodsucking Freaks is this movie about this magician who uh, mutilates women. The audience thinks that it's just a gag, but he is, in fact... Mutilating these women. This is a trauma release, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't think they did. I no, think they, they just put it out. Released it. Um, and there is a, I forget if he's a detective or he's just a concerned citizen. He sets out to try to uh, figure out what's really going on at this uh, theater. And it gets just really nasty. And I almost want to say depraved. And it's politically incorrect. And women are treated horribly in it. I just really like it. It's all the things easy loves. Yeah, um, and I feel like the reason it's underrated is because it's definitely been forgotten about uh, by time. For those reasons, uh, that's why I haven't seen it. And it's not you haven't I've, seen it. Never seen it. Uh, I already said that. There's this really awful part where I won't say. Well, give us an idea of what you're mentioning. <laughs> just, just the way the women are treated. It's really yeah, bad. Yeah, I remember seeing the trailer for it, and there was this, uh, there was like this shock. Uh, treatment to women's bodies mm-hmm. and i it was i never saw it it's not that i'm against seeing a film like that i was just like eh, i don't know if i need to see that today and i never saw it what's funny is uh the other joel m reed film that i talked about was um bloodbath uh-huh. and with a title like bloodbath uh knowing joel m reed uh bloodsucking freaks is like real nasty and bloodbath is like real conservative no gore. Speaking of this type of thing, are you excited about that Herschel Gore and Lewis box set? I'm excited for it, but... It's not really my thing. I respect has, it. Has, yeah, 100%. Has Arrow put out Blood Feast just alone on blue? Because I don't think so. Because uh, I recently watched Microwave Massacre, and there was an insert in it, and one of the inserts is uh, all the films they've recently put out, and one of them is Blood Feast. And if oh. I could just get Blood Feast, yeah. that sounds great. I don't think they put Blood Feast out in the U.S., but maybe they did in the U.K. I'm not sure. Hmm. But anyways, uh, yeah, that Herschel Gordon Lewis box set looks cool. Uh, not my thing, but of course I I, I respect it. Um, he plays a big part in a movie I rewatched recently, which is underrated. Why is this not on my list? Lay it on me. Serial Mom. Serial Mom. Serial Mom is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It's not really horror, but it is. There's a lot of violence in it, which I'll say that visceral violence but uh yeah serial mom uh i'm just gonna throw that out there underrated please watch serial mom it is directed by john waters Mm. and uh it is awesome uh there's a lot of herschel gordon lewis blood feast in that movie which doesn't sound like there would be but there is as well as in juno or is that wizard of gore they're watching (laughs) i'm not sure so yeah number three blood sucking freaks um it definitely fits the bill of a bygone grindhouse era so that's your number three. Yep. 
All right, my number two and one are kind of movies that people know, but again, I, I just think they're underrated. My number two is a movie I feel like you're going to yell at me for. I probably will. I'm probably going to yell at you either way. Regardless. I think you're going to say, that's not underrated. You don't like, you don't care about it as much as I do, so I think it is. Uh, my number two underrated horror movie is uh, Night of the Comet. I feel like people don't really care about Night of the Comet as much as I do. I got nothing. Okay, sure. You, do you think it's underrated? I don't remember it. So there you go. That's all I'm trying to say is I know Night of the Comet is a beloved film. It was released by Scream Factory with a slipcover. That should tell you enough. But I, I don't feel like – like, you know, I see people post about all these films all the time on Instagram, and it's almost never Night of the Comet. And uh, I've seen it probably three or four times now on that Scream Factory Blue. I rewatched it about a month ago with my brother. Shout out to Ben who doesn't listen to this podcast. Hello. Um, or like horror movies. Yeah. And he – loved it like he thought he was like how come i haven't seen this before he was like almost mad at me that i hadn't shown him night of the comet before that's how much he liked it so here's my thing about night of the comet okay i remember i had the like the old mgm dvd when i watched it i was going through a phase of like strict zombie films and what i mean by that is like they can't run they can't talk if they broke any of the romero rules i hate it easy was a romero elitist and so whenever I watched Night of the Comet and they were breaking all those rules, I remember just disregarding the film. Now I'm a bu- I'm a much more open. Night of the Comet has For all nothing- I know, I could love Night of the Comet now. Night of the Comet has virtually nothing to do with the zombies that are in the film. If you can they're basically astro zombies is what they are, except for one fantastic scene with this zombie astro zombie cop that is one of some of the best makeup and look of of, of any zombie quote unquote I've ever seen. But the movie, the reason it's good is the two women that are in the film. I wish I knew the actresses' names. I don't. But the reason I like it is for the two actresses that are in the film. I wish I could remember their names. But one of them is actually the main actress that's in Weekend at Bernie's, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, never saw the first one. Weekend at Bernie's 2 was a staple of my childhood. Weekend at Bernie's is a staple of my childhood. Um one of the best movies ever but night of the comet the reason i like it is those two women that are in the film they are so much fun to be with their uh sisters in the movie and they're they're just so much fun to be around and then the script which i assume is the script is uh insane like the the, the way that these people speak is is the way i wish we spoke like they use the terms like bitchin for instance which is well it's not the 80s anymore duh i know but at, just like I was talking about detention, that lingo, that slang, that is like the best. And this film portrays all of that very well. It, it reminds me of uh, Night of the Creeps in that way, where it encapsulates the 80s better than like anything from the 80s. And so the reason I say those things is Night of the Comet feels just underrated to me. I know it's a beloved film, don't get me wrong, but I feel like it's just severely... I don't feel like it gets talked about as much and it's unquestionably one of my favorite movies. And I would say one of my favorite screen factory releases like ever, like it'd probably be in my top five screen factories. We're going off topic for a moment. I wish Amazon would bring back the screen factory cell. That that's the, it's funny you say that. Like, I just want that to happen it's again. It's never going to happen again. It was so awesome when it happened. Screen Factory has been around for like six years. Sure. That is the one time Amazon has ever had a Screen Factory sale. Once. And it was a magical moment. It was, man. I ordered so much stuff. I ordered so much stuff. It was all back ordered and I got charged. I, I was being charged for Screen Factory releases like five a month for a while. 
I got like pumpkin head. Good stuff. Yeah. Is pumpkin head underrated though? It's like pumpkin underrated. head. Pumpkin head. Listen, Pum- listen, let me y'all. tell you about that pumpkin head. Let me tell you about the Stan Winston's pumpkin let head. Let me tell you why it's not underrated. Lance Henriksen, because pumpkin head has all those sequels. Is a direct t- is a direct TV uh, franchise. You don't like pumpkin head? Direct direct TV direct movie. <laughs> Do you like pumpkin head? <laughs> I like the. Fr- I've never seen the sequels. Yes, Blood, I like pumpkin head. I've never seen From Ashes to Ashes. I've never seen any of the sequels, but that first movie uh, completely blew me away when I saw it, which was I don't know the last couple of years. But anyways, great creature, Stan Winston design, very similar to Xenomorph, Pumpkinhead. Yes. But yeah, my point was Night of the Comets, one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's underrated because I feel like even though it's beloved, people don't talk about it as much. What is that's my number two? What is your number two? This movie is so much fun, and I just want to talk about this film to people. I just want to show this film to people, and I feel like no one's seen it. Okay, now what is it? Jack Brooks, Monster Slayer. I have never seen it. Gosh darn, this movie is so much fun. It's about this dude with anger issues who has to fight monsters. Terrific practical effects. Robert England turns into this gigantic monster, this giant puppet monster, and it's just it's just fun. Magical. Would it's you say so that he's much a puppet fun. master? No, he's not a puppet master. And when I per say, se. and when I say puppet, I mean there was probably somebody behind the scenes controlling his arms and stuff. Right. You know, it is just a terrifically fun. You know, this is like a horror film that you could show to people who aren't into horror films. Sure. I feel that way about Night of the Comet as well. By the way, I feel like it's a movie that my brother, my brother, he he absolutely loved it, and he doesn't really he likes horror but right. doesn't love it. Anyways, yes. So fun practical effect, practical effects monster film. Yeah, I don't think there's a Blu-ray of that. No, I, I feel like a lot of those like mid-2000s Anchor Bay releases... Like My Name is Bruce. ...have just kind of gotten lost. Yeah. Uh, this being one of them. Yeah. And uh, uh, another one being Behind the Mask. But I feel like Behind the Mask yeah. is much more popular than Jack Brooks. I felt like that was going to be on your list. Jack Brooks is like... Oh, you're going to call me crazy. Okay. Jack Brooks is almost like... An evil dead for the 2000s. Okay. Well, that's exciting. I certainly yeah. want to see it. Such a fun film. I feel like Bubba Hotep's going to be your number one. Bubba Hotep! Y'all know how much I love Bubba Hotep. So, I wish I could talk about your movies, man. But Can we I'm... just do a whole episode on Bubba Hotep? When that release comes out, let's do it. Yeah. You know what we could do? Right on me. Top five Bruce Campbell films. Including all the evil deads. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to do that? Let's 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 workshop it on the pod. Let's not. Okay. E Dog loves Jack Brooks. What is your number two? Number two. I already did my number two, duh. Oh my gosh, we're nearing the end. We're at Kigi's number one. Number one. So I'm a little afraid to say this title because I think you're going to yell at me because you do about pretty much everything. This is my life, people. I produce the podcast, I put it out, I do all this work, and then Eric yells at me on live podcasts. I just like to take naps. So, my number one underrated horror movie of all time. Of all time! The end all be all! <laughs> I, don't, I shouldn't have said that because, like I said, these are lists that we just kind of came up with off the top of our head. So, my number one uh, underrated horror movie that I just feel like is underrated. I feel like you're going to yell at me, so I'm just going to get to it. Uh, we've talked about it before. It is April Fool's Day. I talk about this movie almost on every podcast. It's my, one of my favorite slashers ever made. If I had to do 
like a top five slashers, which we did, uh, it would be on it. You know, it'd be it'd be very close to number one, which it was. And again, the reason I bring it up is I feel like nobody talks about it. It's one of my favorite slashers of all time. And how weird is it that like, yes, I like The Burning. You know, it was my number one on our podcast. Spoilers, it's my number one, The Burning. You know, yes, I like all these slashers that people talk about all the time. Even The Town of Dread Sundown, I feel like that's not as underrated as uh, April Fool's Day is. Uh, the Burning or Town of Dread Sundown, both of those have Scream Factory releases. Mm-hmm. I know people like April Fool's Day out there. Do not get me wrong. Hello, everyone. I know you guys. I know we like it. But it has no release. There's no way to see it. I believe it's lost in some kind of... Rights issues? Oh, it's Paramount. That's what it is. It is Paramount. And Paramount does not put out their movie. So that is why it's not out. So I know that. But because it doesn't have a new Blu-ray release, I feel like nobody talks about it. Hell, we talk about Blood Rage from Arrow. We talk about the Mutilator from Arrow more than we talk about stuff like April Fool's Day. Like I said on our last podcast, if you didn't hear it, I love April Fool's Day because I love the cast. Amy Steele is the spoiler. She's the final girl in the film. And uh, I just love the twists and turns of that film. It's it's amazing. Um, The kills are fun. And I don't want to spoil the film, but I just love where it goes. And I love uh, the whole cast of characters. They're so much fun. Like I say, with any slasher, it's important to have a fun cast of characters. And, you know, I like the tropes, like the funny guy, the fat guy, the good looking guy, the hot girl, the virgin, all that stuff um, explored very well in films like Cabin in the Woods. Um, I love all that. I love the slasher um, tropes. And this film treads in all of that, but to perfection. And again, I love where it goes and I love Amy Steele. So that's pretty much it. April Fool's Day. It's, I really do think it's one of the most underrated movies that I am absolutely in love with. So what is Eric Hoff's number one? No, I'm just kidding. What's your number number one uh, underrated horror film that you thought of off the top of your head? Did you want to hear it? Your number one? Do you want me to tell you? Bubba Hotep. Directed by the man who made my favorite film ever, RoboCop, Paul Verhoeven's Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon and Josh Brolin. Wow. Terrified me when I was younger. The effects, the brutality of how they're treating the animals, and just the idea that there's somebody invisible who's losing his mind and willing to kill because of it. Kind of a take on the invisible man. Completely turns into a slasher mm-hmm. at the end of the film. And I feel like Paul Verhoeven's underrated. There's like this really, really, really weird scene that I'll never forget. I saw Hollow Man very young. Okay. And there's like a sex scene involving Hollow Man. It's He's grabbing that girl's titties. Yes, yes. And, it, it, and it, it's so eerie. It haunted me. Now, of course, I was young, but it haunted me. For years, um, I did not know you're going to bring up Hollow Man, but yes, it is very fresh in my mind. I have not, haven't seen it in a couple of years. Never forget that sex scene in that movie because I thought how horrifying that would be, and how uh, yeah, it, it sounds funny to be this excited about it, but yeah, uh, uh, somebody that's invisible that has any sort of nefarious uh, motive, sure, is utterly terrifying. Like. You could be in the shower. You could be in the bathroom. You could be, I mean, you're by You could be robbing banks. You could be just sitting in your kitchen eating a sandwich and knowing that there could be somebody behind you and you don't know it because they're invisible. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the thing we were talking about with, uh, or you're asleep and you wake up and you think somebody's in your room. This is what we were talking about with uh, paranormal activity. It doesn't sound like it, but they're kind of similar in that way where there's something you can't see, but you know it's there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, think about going to sleep with somebody that's invisible. I'm just saying it is very scary to me. Yes. I absolutely agree. Hollow Man's incredible. That's, I did not expect you to say that. Yeah, well, I, I love Paul Verhoeven so much. And like I just said, I feel like people in general don't speak about him or that film. Um, and uh, it was almost like an easy pick for me huh? just because I dig him so much. And that's a film that I absolutely want to champion that I think people need to watch. Well, okay, that should explain why I picked April Fool's Day. I know it's a film people have seen. People have seen Hollow Man. Of course. But I feel like the reason I picked it and the reason you picked it is we want to say we all got to see these. These are, these are the movie I want everyone to see. Night of the Comet and April Fool's Day. I love both those movies so mm-hmm. much. Um, have you seen Hollow Man 2? I have not. Okay. I imagine that would just be a big letdown. Yeah, it was a direct-to-DVD sequel. Have you seen it? No. There's oh. a... Uh, there's a small part of me that's getting excited about Hollow Man 2 right now. <laughs> there's a small part of me that wants to go pick that up. There's a double pack on blue, I think. Is there the really? The first Hollow Man and Hollow Man 2, yeah. I'd kind of be down for that. Um, I remember it being a pretty big film when it came out, too. It's odd. It was like Hollow a, Man 2 or... Hollow Man. Hollow Man. It was, I think it's because Kevin Bacon was in it. It got a big release. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember being a child, not a child, but a young, young. kid. And I remember um, like adults talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like my adult's friends, oh God, my friend's parents um, talking about it. So yeah, no, that's that's a, such an interesting pick. I did not expect that at all. Yeah. But it is Verhoeven, so it makes sense. Um, it's Verhoeven, that's forgotten. Go listen to our top five directors of all time. So your number one that you want people to see, your underrated horror is? Hollow Man. And mine is April Fool's Day. Let's think of movies recently that we feel like a, Southbound. I feel like that's underrated. People need to see that movie. Mm. Got nothing off the top of my head. Hmm. Excision, another movie that I was talking about earlier. I feel like you should have just picked because I feel like it's been your number one on everything. Uh, Final Girls. Well, thank you for listening. Well, that is a movie people should watch. That is a movie everybody should watch. Um, thank you for listening to this uh, episode of the podcast. I think that's it for our topic, right? Yeah. I think we're going to try to get another episode out by Halloween. I don't think Eric wants to do a Halloween episode, which is fine. But I think what we'll do is before October 31st, we'll have another episode out where we talk about the holiday and Halloween films we like. But we'll also have another. Uh, our topic will be, you know, top five. Either, I think either vampires or found footage is what we should do. Mm-hmm. So there's some housekeeping notes. That should be our next episode. And I think we're going to try to have it out by the 31st. And uh, before we go, we wanted to have another raffle. Yes. Um, I'm sure we'll post about this on our social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to go with a digital copy of The Green Room. Yes. Uh, pretty soon we'll put up a Green Room. We're going to let this episode get out, and then we'll put up a Green, gr- green Room digital code, uh, courtesy of Eric, so you can thank him for Yes. It. Always been my digital codes. Yeah, I already redeemed the, the two that we've done. I already redeemed mine. So, yeah. And by the way, when I say 31st, I mean October 31st. Uh, because... We got to watch all these films. Like that's the thing. We want to rewatch a lot of the stuff we talk about before we talk about it. So, what's your Twitter handle? Eric Cruz one thirty eight. E R I K T R U Z. Eric Cruz one thirty eight. You have to have an episode out by Halloween thirty first. Halloween thirty first. This is trailing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode yes, of the thank Cool you. Squad podcast. I'm gonna make you do it. Where can you find us on Facebook, Instagram? Twitter. Facebook is all of them. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is Ghoul, Ghoul Squad FM. 
That's right. So we're at Ghoul Squad FM on Twitter. We're at Ghoul Squad FM on Instagram. We're Facebook.com slash Ghoul Squad FM. Tell your friends. Yeah, tell them to check us out. I mean, well, I hope this episode was good. But uh, our last couple are great. So if you listen to our Slashers episode, listen or to our, our 90s. Or Remix. Remix is really good, too. You like how we're just talking about our... Dude, let's do our top five episodes we've done. <laughs> Starting now. Okay, now we're trailing. My favorite episode we've ever done is our Slasher episode, for sure. So check that out. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to be back. We're going to do the giveaway. We should be back with either top five found footage or top five vampires. Hell, tweet us or comment. Which one of those you like more, found footage or vampires? Let us know. Not which genre you like more, which idea you like more for us to do. Which will probably go hand in hand. Anyways, thank you for listening. Yes. Bye-bye. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ghoul Squad podcast. Now it's time for to end this podcast with uh, a little bit of Prom Night Girls. Ghouls, you back off. Ghouls, you back off. Goodbye, everyone. Oh, you can't stop. Oh, you can't stop. Oh, you can't stop.